Welcome to the Church for Dummies podcast, where we explain church history and ecclesiology to dumb people like us. Now here are your hosts, Josh Whitney and Isaac Thibodeau. Now, we're back. Guess who's back? No, we're not going to sing <laughs> No, it's, it's different. We it's, thought about uh, it. Guys. We thought about it, but we're not going to sing it. Well, is, isn't that... I think that's Eminem. Oh, see, I was going to try and make it a Christian rapper that I know, but I immediately forgot like the only, no, the, the one who's been around longer. Um, Lecrae? Lecrae. I couldn't think of Lecrae. <laughs> yeah. I'm a terrible conservative. I don't think anyone would fall for that, no. <laughs> no, oh, come on. I mean, I guess it would be bad if they did. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. It's It's been a hot minute since we've been on the mics a very a very hot minute and that's been completely intentional we're just so intentional yeah we're just trying to you well know. we made that announcement i'm sure everyone saw it, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i'm sure i'm sure everyone saw it if you didn't see it well that's why you listen to a church for dummies podcast <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome yeah well, we, not. we've been we've been busy we've been busy with other life stuff yeah we've been talking about getting on the mics for like a month now and we've finally been able to today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice. But, uh, yeah, so we are going to be picking up on our Covenant Theology series. Mm-hmm. So you guys know that we're doing kind of two series side by side right now. We're doing one on the, the history of the Bible and um, particularly addressing the issues of King James onlyism and Bible translations and other things, but in general, the history of the Bible as well. Um, and then in this series we're talking about covenant theology and josh why would we be talking about covenant theology when our podcast is about church Mm. church history well so our perspective or the perspective that covenant theology brings is this one continuous story of god and his people which started as israel and has been incorporated into the church so Covenant theology goes over all of church history, all the way back to the very beginning in the garden. Um, And the the part of covenant theology that we're going to be talking about today specifically has to go into that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, yes. Like, I don't know how to to end this. It does. It does. um, It relates because we're going to be talking about church history. We need to go all the way back because what Josh and I believe is that the church, it's just another way of saying God's people and God has always had people, uh, one group of people. Um, and those people have been shaped by the covenants that he has made with them. Um, and, and so what we're going to do, um, last, last episode, we talked about, um, the covenants, uh, well, I forget what the episode's title was. Oh, it was Covenants versus Dispensations, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you can go back and listen to that if you need to catch up. But um, we kind of did an overview of the covenants. Um, and in this, for the next however many weeks and episodes, we'll be breaking down each of the covenants uh, until we get to the new covenant or the covenant of Jesus. So, yep. yeah. Yup. So... Um, the purposes that we would want you to be able to draw away from this podcast, um, 
kind of giving you these so you can be thinking about them as we start going through and keeping us on track so we don't side rail and go down a whole <laughs> bunch of different things. We never do that. Of we course not. Why would we? Um, first, we would like to be able to provide an understanding of the covenants. So it's been a little while, but if you want to listen to the last um, the last episode that we talked about this, because that wasn't actually the last episode. Right. We went into Bible translate. Yeah. So... Um, so we're just going to give a brief understanding of the covenants again. Um, we're going to then provide a context of where this covenant comes from, um, what the covenant means, the imperfections of this covenant, which that was probably one of the things that struck me the most as I went into the into this theme of theology of covenants and then even reading scripture itself. So we'll get into that. And how does the new covenant exceed, fulfill, or improve this creation covenant? Again, something that really was interesting to me as we were diving into this a lot more. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the first thing um, we'd want to talk about is how do we identify the covenants biblically? So um, a word on that. The... What, what Josh and I are trying to do here and what tons of way smarter people than us, many, <laughs> many uh, godly Way is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to stick with way. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what, they, what they do is they, they look at the Bible and they see these, the, the overarching storyline of God's history of redemption. But then they see when they look into the storyline like deeply they see these points in time where things change mm-hmm. right um and we talked about in the last episode we talked we touched on the subject that dispensationalists and mm-hmm. people who hold to covenant theology also see those they both see those distinctions but the uniqueness with covenant theology is we see that these things things change around these covenants that god makes with his people so we need to first of all define what a covenant is mm-hmm. um maybe give an example of it and you can do that. Um, and then we'll talk about within, within the Bible, what the covenants look like, like what, what, um, what constitutes a covenant? Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll tackle that. But if you want to tackle just like defining a covenant, just generally Mm -hmm. an example, if you can take any example, I mean, really there's only one great one. There's all, and it's used universally, but it's yes. it's just the best, probably because it's biblical, scriptural, and the yes. way that God relates as a covenant, and that's marriage. Um, so, in marriage, two people make a covenant. God being really the holder of that covenant, yeah. but of it's it's not a contractual thing necessarily. But my wife and I, we made a covenant before God that I will love her unconditionally as Christ loved the church and I'm willing to lay down my life for her not just by death but you know a, a bunch of different ways and she also covenanted with me um, to to respect me and to love me and to walk side walk alongside with me so we both entered this covenant and there are uh, stipulations to that covenant like things we are agreeing not to do by entering into this covenant mostly being, faithfully exclusive to one another and so different aspects but that's the that's probably the best analogy of 
of a covenant that exists today because most times people just agree in contracts yeah which is slightly different yes it is yeah i agree yeah that's cool um so when it comes to the bible we need to pardon me we need to identify biblically like what a covenant is so this isn't always hard to do but in some cases it is so um when we're talking about covenants that god makes with his people um there's six of them like six big ones that pretty much everyone i know that that i've read on this sees them too and it's not just me and josh and we're not just i don't think we're crazy well we might be a little crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no we're not (laughs) well um anyways so (laughs) focusing um but so there's six of them five of them are are explicitly called covenants one of them is not explicitly called a covenant um in the text itself and that's the one we're going to be covering today so i need to preface this whole thing before we get into it um a covenant biblically has at least four traits to it so we can identify one so first of all um it's administered by God. Mm-hmm. So it's initiated by God. Uh, second of all, it's a mutually binding relationship between the Lord and his people. Thirdly, there's conditions to that covenant. There's commandments, there's sanctions. Um, and that would also mean, you know, I, blessings and curses. Blessings for keeping the covenant, curses for not. And then lastly, promises of union and communion, which is really the whole point of um, where God's storyline of redemption is going, is that it will ultimately lead to uh, union and communion with him, mm-hmm. even better than what we had in the garden. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think we find that mm-hmm. in Genesis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's important. Maybe we should read Genesis. I didn't put in the notes to read Genesis. Yeah, I'll I'll pull it up. I got my over here. So we'll just read um, the section in Genesis that has to do with this. And there's a couple, but here's here's one. So uh, Genesis 1.26. This is day six, the very end of day six when God makes humanity. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They They will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God, and he created them male and female. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Hmm. And it goes on from there. And then chapter 2 says this. Um the in verse 15 of chapter 2 the lord god took man and placed him in the garden of eden to work it and watch over it and the lord god commanded the man you are free to eat from any tree of the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for on the day you eat of it you will certainly die then the lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone i'll make a helper corresponding to him he Mm. goes on talk about eve um, 
And then in chapter three, it briefly mentions God walking in the garden at the cool of the day with Adam. That's like what he normally did. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, Adam sins and you know, that, that disrupts the fellowship. So the whole point of reading that, I guess, like we want to identify some of those aspects um, of the covenant. So I guess, can you see any of those there? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Move on. <laughs> well, so that's where, um, and this is what you, you brought up while we were going over this, that this specific part, I think, is the only covenant that we read in Scripture that actually doesn't say explicitly here, here is a covenant I will make with you. Right. Um, all of the other ones that we'll be going over in the future, God says... I'm going to be going over, I'm going to make this covenant with you. He, right. He doesn't go over that here. But when we talk about what is what is a covenant biblically, ad, um, being administered by God, a mutual binding relationship between God and his people, right, there's conditions is, right. and then a promise of union and communion. Right. All of these come into effect here. Yeah. Um, God initiates. Yep. He says, this, this is something I'm doing with you because look at what I've given you. Mm-hmm. And then he gives, um, uh, uh, well, it's the mutual binding of the relationship. Like, I will do this with you. You do this with me, which is the conditions. Um, have anything you want. I mean, when you talk about our conditions to a covenant, <laughs> do, a pretty good do, not do, but you can have anything you want anything go throughout all of what i've given you here take take of anything you want fill the earth yeah own it own it it. subdue it like this is yours you can rule and what i mean what human doesn't want to rule like that's it's innate in us right we were made for it we were made for it and then he says but this this is one thing you you cannot have um because when you do this you'll you will die right and so man's like well, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Anyways, so yeah, conditions. But if you do this, if you do what I ask of you, you will have eternal life with me. Yeah. Um, he gave, even gives them the tree of of eternal life. Like that you you can consume this right. and you will have eternal life with me. Yep. Um, so I mean that's every aspect of a covenant. Yep. And I don't know if we're jumping the if we should jump the gun now or if this is something we bring up later but i would at least say with being as vague as i possibly can that this is definitely a covenant (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and we can we can just go right there so um so even though in this passage so i want to say this just for people who aren't completely convinced that this is a covenant because that um no one argues about the covenant with noah Mm -hmm. abraham moses david and Christ, right? The new covenant. Like yeah. no one argues about that. Even dispensational. It's, yeah, like, exactly. it's not an argument about that. Right. Exactly. But with it, when it comes to creation, there are people who don't see a covenant here, mm-hmm. but the Bible does actually explicitly say that, um, does talk about a covenant here at creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll bring that up. Um, Hosea six, verse seven, Hosea six, verse seven. So this is um, a chapter on a call to repentance to Israel. And he's lamenting the, um, the Lord is lamenting the unfaithfulness of Israel. And then in verse seven, he says, but, li- but they like Adam 
have violated the covenant. Mm. There they have betrayed me. So here, God is saying that his people, Israel, has violated the covenant he made with them. And he's comparing them to Adam. Who, who also did the same thing. Right. He didn't violate the same covenant, obviously, because that covenant wasn't established then. But he's... Good point. But he's, <laughs> Right. But it's still like a covenant, right? Because God says, God's comparing, so Adam broke a covenant with me. And in the same way, Israel is breaking a covenant with me. Different covenants, right? Covenant with creation, Adam, and then um, the this covenant that they're breaking here would be the Mosaic covenant um, in Hosea 6. Um, so, so anyways, so it's just super important to see like, okay, obviously Hosea and the Lord here, because the Lord is the one speaking, mm-hmm. um, saw a covenant that he made with Adam. It's a, a relationship, a promise. It's like, yeah, it, yeah, it's what it is. So, yeah. Boom. Same way, <laughs> the same way that in Genesis, God doesn't create Adam and say, that there will be a better you to fulfill what you aren't able to do. Right. But he does. Right. <laughs> and then he does relate it. Back. So even though we, we don't specifically see, um, Adam, here's this covenant I'll make with you. Clearly it's perceived of later throughout, not our history looking into it, but scriptural history right. um, by the apostles. And right. even in the Old Testament itself, that this was a covenant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Um, so hopefully that's clear. God, just in summary of that, in our case, that this is a covenant. Um, God made Adam to share in union and communion with him. Mm-hmm. Genesis one twenty six, pretty clear that um, God promised Adam eternal life via the tree of life if he obeyed the command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. and death if he disobeyed. Um, so it's... So there's clearly that, you know, if you obey me, then you can eat of the tree of life. If you disobey me and eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then death will come. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that choice there. It's test- many, many Christians have seen that as a testing ground mm-hmm. for Adam's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, so in summary, do you think there's anything else we need to say on our case for that being a covenant? Case for that being covenant? No, I would say that I think that you should definitely believe us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just recommended reading. I mean, um, well, I would recommend this book, but this, this is a whole can of worms in and of itself. Um, all right, so I mean, I would I would honestly just look up some stuff by like, um, ooh, Sam Renahan. Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam Renahan. Sam the Man Renahan. Yeah, Sam the Man Renahan. Uh, Google him. He has lots of stuff on covenant theology. Highly recommend mm. him. If you want a podcast, uh, Doctrine and Devotion, they're awesome. They yeah. they talk about covenant theology a lot. Um, so they're helpful if you want more of a low key cigar smoke kind of <laughs> kind of podcast. I would say uh, R.C. Sproul has a yeah. teaching series specifically on covenant theology. Yep. So that yep. I mean. That's what gave me most of my insight. Yeah, is is going through that uh, that doctrinal series. Just keep in mind when when we're talking about RC Sproul or well, yeah, I guess out of all that I mentioned, RC Sproul is I got to make this caveat with him. He is Presbyterian. Yeah. So 
Presbyterian covenant theology is a little different than Baptist covenant theology because obviously mm. Presbyterians baptize babies and they, they get the babies wet. Yeah. And they, and they connect the covenants in such a way that it allows for circumcision yeah. and baptism being such a parallel that they baptize babies too. So it, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. Um, but what I was going to recommend that I've been reading lately that has a great chapter on covenant theology. <laughs> Do it. Is a, it's called Postmillennialism and Eschatology of Hope by Keith Matheson. Oh, what's that book about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a fantastic book. But um, he does have a chapter on covenant theology, and it's very good. It's a concise one, um, and he goes through all the covenants, kind of like what we're doing here. But it's very good. Um, so I'd highly recommend that. That's postmillennialism and eschatology of hope. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. We'll, maybe someday we'll talk about that. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Or start a podcast, like another podcast about just postmillennialism. Just about postmillennialism. We'll call it like posty something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm like thinking about like, all right, well, what would be a great thing? What would be a good name? Just give us a second, guys. Yeah. Just hold on. <laughs> so we, I wasn't actually thinking of anything. Okay. Well, let's continue on with our with our. Fair so enough. I think next up is the imperfections of the covenant, right? Mm, right. Which is interesting. Um, like I, so, mentioning when we were talking, going over the purposes of this. Um, I remember when I first read that in scripture that the covenant um oh how is he wording specifically um the covenant wasn't faultless and i was like well and we'll we'll i'm gonna read that in a second here um but i just that word the first that the first covenant wasn't faultless I'm like, fault but god made it yeah right how is right. it it's how can there be fault? How could it be fault? If God, was God not smart enough to create a cov, a good covenant the first time? Okay. Um, so this is what I'm alluding to. Uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter eight and verses five through seven. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, uh, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that God made a bad covenant the first time. And you're like, well, oh, like when we do a contract or our constitution um, being written and then adding amendments, being like, oh, okay, so here's, here's kind of a, a, an area that needs to be corrected. Let's add a Let's add an amendment. Right. And so it's not that God could not perceive, oh, maybe this won't last eternity. Maybe something else needs to be added to it. But that it shows, like like this writer in Hebrews was mentioning, if he had made it all perfect, there will A, there would have been no fall if if 
if God's intention was to do the perfect thing in our human sense of nothing bad, why would you create something that we perceive to have um, uh, wrongdoings? Why, why wouldn't you just make a good, perfect covenant the first time? Well, there would have been no fall. But God's been showing his love and mercy and grace and justice and redemption by these covenants. This first one in creation, the one that was mentioned in Hebrews, the Mosaic, now that that's over with, now we have a better covenant, one that involves Christ dying on the cross and bringing redemption and forgiveness for the saints now. Yep. Right on. Yeah, exactly. To Josh's point, like with saying that the covenant had fault, what we're not saying is not is that God had fault, obviously. Mm-hmm. But what is a covenant? It's made between two parties. Right? Mm. So maybe there is a faulty party. <laughs> maybe there was a faulty party. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and that's exactly the problem. So really all the problems with the covenants that have to do with God's relationship to man and being faithful to him, because not all of them are exactly that same way. Um, but, um, all the ones that have to do with that, the problem with those covenants is us. It's not God. Yeah. <laughs> we are, in fact, when Josh and I were, were writing up our outline and we got to the section on imperfections, we're like, it's just us, I guess. Like yeah. that's the answer. <laughs> we're the problem. Yeah. I wrote this covenant is pet. So one of the imperfections, this covenant is dependent on us following it perfectly. And then I was, tr- I sat there for a while and so we, we write in a Google Doc, so we see it in real time. And I'm like, so I just kind of wrote, kind of sure of, uh, unsure of other imperfections. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what else yeah. to write and here. I don't think there is anything, right? <laughs> and, and, this, and this leads us to, to our, our last point about this, um, about the covenants here. And that's the fact that God isn't making these covenants in little silos individually by themselves. It's mm-hmm. all, all the promises God is making to his people. They're building up to something ultimate. So, mm-hmm. and ultimately, you know, that would be the new covenant, what Christ has done and what he promises. What he, yeah, and, and what he's going to do in the future. Like, it's all building up to that. So obviously, it's like if you read a story and you cut it off halfway, you would say that story like isn't complete it's not perfect right or this chapter like by itself um it might be good but it's not like you would say there's a problem Mm -hmm. right and it's it's missing something Mm -hmm. and that would be the fact that it's part of this larger story and you need to read it from start to finish Mm -hmm. all the way through so i think that's why like these covenants we're gonna see like they're good and like on god's side it's it's awesome it's beautiful it's very good um, and the covenants are all different, so it's not the same across the board. But the one thing we do see is that the unfaithful party is us, but God um, is the whole time making these promises that are going to build up to Jesus, and ultimately all these promises in these covenants are going to find their fulfillment in Jesus mm. and what he's going to do. So that's just really important big picture-wise to know that we should be expecting a improvement or fulfillment in the new in the new covenant of these older ones yes which is so this is going to be 
kind of a recurring theme then as we're going through these different covenants is how does like like Isaac just said, how does this newer covenant, or the new covenant ultimately, um, because the new covenant is Christ, um, exceed, fulfill, and improve this creation covenant? And then we're going to, you know, fill in the blank. How does this improve? Um, how does this improve the um, Noahic covenant? Right. And how does this improve? And um, so, yeah. Um, so, um, gonna say um, like um, like oh, five um, more times. <laughs> Uh, I just did again. <laughs> so, so that's why I wanted to read. That's why I read uh, Hebrews 8, that little section, because we want to be going over as we're going through these things. Uh, the, in verse 7, for if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. So let's look at this, this covenant in light of what Christ has done. So we look at... So what's the covenant? I guess what's what's the covenant that God made with with Adam? Eat of whatever you want, rule the earth. Yeah, fill it. I will give you life. Right. Don't eat this tree. Don't eat from this tree. Right. Um. He did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so right. he did, and what did that do? Right. Broke everything yeah. literally broke everything yeah it did um but the covenant still stands true mm. because um god made us in his image in the ruling and the subduing of the earth that's still part of our mission right that's still like what god so i guess broke intended. is a bad word well no broke corrupted isn't a bad word. yeah like broke doesn't mean like completely done away mm. with it's just like there's a problem Mm-hmm. And that's us. We're the broken piece mm-hmm. that has broken the order of things, right? But God still wants us to be fruitful and multiply. And we know mm-hmm. that because, as we'll see next time, God reiterates that very same, those very same things in the in the covenant with Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's we know that God still wants that, right? Yeah. And we see that. Adam and Eve were still there before the fall. Yes. Uh, before the breaking of the covenant, work was there before the covenant. Exactly. Um, ruling was there before the covenant, but then you see all of those things as part of the curse. Yes. It, yeah, they're affected by it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your work is going yeah. to be labored. Yep. Your um, your ruling is going to be corrupted in this greed your wife is not going to want to follow you she's going to want to dominate over you all of the things that were established as a good gift of the covenant is now corrupted by us yep definitely so So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah so i would say like in summary of this i mean obviously We'll, we'll be coming back to this creation covenant, especially next week, because this one and the one with Noah are very intimately related. Um, but we'll see how all of these find their fulfillment, their head, their terminus, to use a big old fancy word, in Jesus. Mm. In Jesus. And, um, and the things to keep in mind, to take away from this, is to see God's heart through this. Like God mm. has always desired communion with his people. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And dis- what's the first thing he did to them? Yeah. Or, right. uh, did for them. Yeah. After the fall. Yeah. He gave them like animal skins for covering, right? Mm-hmm. Which would be like echoes of like atonement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and gave them a promise of redemption. Yeah, th- yeah. Pfft. How did we not talk about that? <laughs> well, I thought that's what we were going to be oh, talking about yeah, when yeah. when we did the how does it exceed and improve right, from course, the creation? Of course, of course. That's where, that's, yeah, that's of course, going. guys, yeah. guys. We're not we're we're not lazy at this. We know what we're doing. <laughs> we're not the dummies. <laughs> no. No. Okay. So Yes, so God does give them I mean, he doesn't give them righteousness, but we see that image. He he gives them new clothes. Yeah. Um he gives them uh he does give them death. Uh, by being a separated from the covenant with God in that way, um, that man will die now. We don't have eternal life with with God um, that was promised. Um, we will, and that's the covenant, or not the covenant, but the promise that God made to him, uh, to Adam and Eve in the garden, is that redemption will come, and it will come through you. Yep. Um, so despite us failing so miserably at this, God still is willing to uphold his end of the covenant yep. um, eventually. Yeah. And so that's... Yep. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, amen. Yeah. So takeaway is that, hey, God, God's always faithful, even when we're unfaithful, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he's... This whole thing is sovereign plan Mm -hmm. so yeah well uh i think that's about that's a wrap that's a wrap yeah thanks for listening guys Cut out the lights sorry it's been we're leaving sorry it's been so long (laughs) since we've recorded (laughs) hopefully we'll we'll be on track more and more now but uh yeah yeah share the podcast um we'll i'll probably start being more active on our facebook page probably. i was actually just listening to, so i was listening to somebody talking about church history and there will be i always thought people writing sometimes on the internet were like just vain like well people have already spoken about this there's no need for you to speak about this but when we look back at church history the only reason we're doing this podcast is because a bunch of people wrote about the same thing and yeah. so we see a cohesive understanding of that time right even though there was like dozens and hundreds of people writing about a specific certain topic at the same time, we now look back at, so anyways, all that to say, it's kind of rejuvenated me to be like, you know what? Yeah, I do have something to contribute because in the future, people will look back hopefully and be like, oh, here's all these Christian writings. And maybe I'm not going to be, we're not going to be remembered in history as the Church for Dummies podcast. Oh, come on. Of course we will. (laughs) Of course we will. But yeah, so all that to say, Keep a look on our Facebook page. We want to be communicating. We want to be more engaged and um, put content out there that glorifies the king. And maybe in the future, people get to look back and see Christians writing about the same thing in agreement and love and unity of the church. Yeah, right on. Leave us an honest or dishonest five-star review. Doesn't matter which one, as long as it's five stars. Yep. All right. (laughs) See you guys next time. Deuce.